Wow, thank you, Nick. I, I really love the, uh, the catechisms. They're just so beautiful. Um, so we're going to just want to say good morning again. We're, we're um, going to continue our look through the Psalms in our series titled The Wisdom of the Psalms. Uh, as you know, the Psalms are a collection of songs and prayers, mostly written by David, but a few other authors in there. Um, and there are specific types and categories of Psalms uh, in that collection. And in this series, we're picking different examples of those types of psalms, and we're, we're studying them. And uh, so today, we're going to be looking at the psalms of praise, uh, which are written to call God's people to praise Him. So praise uh, is kind of like a, a, a Christian-y word, but I mean, we use it outside of Christian circles. But it's, it's more than just an expression of good feelings, uh, but it's, it's an outward expression expression of the inner workings of our heart. What's inside of us, we praise, right? We speak what's inside our hearts. So you know that um, you know this if you've ever um, ever been so excited that you needed to tell something about something. Uh, you, you, so excited about something that you needed to tell someone about it. Think of where you spend the majority of your time, whether it's reading books, watching movies, surfing Facebook, you know, insert the random activity here. And then think about how good you are at keeping those things inside, right? Like, um, likely you had to talk to somebody about how it made you feel. Even, even if you're not a Christian this morning, you're worshiping something. There's something that is taking your time and is most important to you. And you've, you complete that by telling others about it. Um, so the real question is whether that person or thing that you're praising is worth it, is worthy of your praise. Um, and what I, if God is a completely perfect being, then he is necessarily worthy of our praise. But he doesn't need our praise and affirmation. Right. So, like, I can tell you how excited and uh, amazing God is, but it, it doesn't affect him. It's, it's just what he is. So, like, uh, so why do we actually need to praise God? We are actually commanded to praise God. Um... I apologize for this. I'm a bit of a sci-fi nerd, but in Star Trek Four, right, Captain Kirk is facing off with an alien that claims to be God, right? This all-powerful alien thing, and then the alien is telling them, "Hey, bring the bring the Enterprise, bring the ship in close, so I can travel off of this planet because there's some barrier around this God planet that he's he's on." And everyone, you know, Spock, McCoy, they're all into it. And then Captain Kirk says, "Excuse me, what does God?" Need with a starship. <laughs> it's a great line, it, and really, it kind of um, you know it, it's it's a, a pretty important part in the movie where he's like, "What are we doing here?" Um, so really, I think we need to ask, like, "What does God need with our praises?" Right, uh, and it's it's an honest question. Uh, C.S. Lewis in his book Reflections on the Psalms struggled with the same issue, not with an alien, but with, with his praises for God. He said, uh, and he wrote down, he said, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses, but completes that enjoyment. It is, it's appointed consummation is what he says. So it isn't God who needs our praises, but it's us who need to praise him. Otherwise our joy is stunted and incomplete. It's our nature to express praise. We are creatures all of us, Christian, non-Christian, made to express this praise. So 
if you look at if you look to the future in heaven, we're going to spend eternity completely enthralled in God's presence and eternally praising Him. That complete fulfillment of joy. So we're going to be in um, Psalm ninety-five, like I said, uh, which is a psalm of praise uh, this morning. So if you want to open your Bibles, apps, what what have you, I'll give you some time to get there. Um, and you know, we're just going to we're going to look at uh, this. We're going to look at several aspects of what it, what it means to praise and why. So Psalm uh, 95 says, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand, are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness. When your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work for 40 years, I loathed that generation and said, they are a people who go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. Therefore, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So dear Lord, as we just come before you this morning, uh, we just continue to offer it to you, Lord. We want this to be an expression of our praise, Lord. We want, to, we want to dig in here into this word, into your word, and learn how can we praise you better, Lord? How can we complete that? And uh, we just uh, want to just pray your, your blessing upon this morning. And um, in Jesus' name, amen. So we can split Psalm 95 into, into three kind of sections uh, when tearing into what praise is. And um, these three sections call us to praise God and explain why we should. Uh, as we look at these sections, we'll go from the external reality of who God is to our internal response of praise. So if you look at Psalm 95, 3, it says, For the Lord is great. The Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. We are called to sing to the Lord in 95.1, right? Where it says, and the reason for this is because who God is and what he has done. It, our praises begin with admiration, just awe of God. There is no one above God. He holds all of creation in his hands. He created everything we can see and beyond what we can see. Admiration is an important place to start since... It places all of creation in relation to God. It's difficult to place this in perspective since we can easily get so impressed with ourselves or the things that we've built, like awe or admiration just become these words that, that, that don't really capture the idea of who God is and who I should, how I should be reacting to that. I, if you've if ever heard the song, the, the Everything is Awesome song, it kind of, I think it's a great picture of this because if you listen to it from the Lego movie, right, it's like, Everything is awesome, you know, and it's cool to be a part of the team. And then it talks about shoes, pants, trees, frogs, like all these random things. And I'm like, how are these 
awesome. These are these these are things. I mean, sure they're awesome in their own way, but not not like if you, um, for example, went out and just looked at the stars and the immense stars. Like we're here in, in this in this city, and um, every time I get away from civilization, uh, go on a road trip, go camping, I'm amazed at how expansive and how beautiful the night sky is once i get away from all the light pollution all the stuff that we've generated here that that hide that away um and i get away from that the things that are blocking my vision of what god has done and then i see the stars it's it puts me in perspective i'm so small compared to this um last year a group of us hiked up uh to the top of mount st helens which was amazing um, I wanted to do it since I was in junior high, so it was just, it was great. But it took several, several hours of hiking, and the further we got, the more challenging it got, right? We started out with kind of this nice flat, well, flattish train through woods, and then it'd be, we were scrambling over rocks, and then finally we got to the top, and I was taking all these little baby steps to get up because it was this steep, like, thick layer of ash. And if, I was exhausted, but if I took too much of a step, I would slip. So, I think... I really, I seriously considered at that moment whether I wanted to turn around after all this, uh, all this hike, even though I could see the top. But by the time I, I got up to the top, I made it. Um, I was thoroughly unimpressed. I was just exhausted. I couldn't see where I was. I couldn't see any of this. But as that exhaustion went away, all the things that were clouding my vision of where I was and what I was doing, like uh, it was just, it just became more and more amazing as I kind of got. Full, pulled into that. Um, in fact, I remember seeing uh, these little, little specks in the middle of the volcano. I was like, what are those? There's people down there. And so like, it was just like, I was on a volcano. And I could see like how small people were compared to this volcano. It was just like, I needed that. I needed to let go of like all that exhaustion, all the stuff that came in. And I could see myself in relation to this. Um, so when we talk about admiring God, you know, he created all of this, all of it. Like there's no problem that's bigger than him. There's no, there's nothing that is bigger than him. And so when we talk about praising God, it begins in that admiration of who he is. So in, in continuing in 95, six and seven, it says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. So we're called to worship and kneel before God because he is our maker. We are to praise God in adoration. So the God of the universe created all the stars in the heaven, created Mount St. Helens, created all these things, made me. He formed each of us in our mother's womb and knew who we would become. He knit us together. He made us. He created us. You'll notice that the praise here takes a different form than singing. In the first one, we were told, come sing. Now we're called, told, come kneel. It's in humility that we are called to kneel before the Lord, our maker. Have you ever been so amazingly overwhelmed by God's presence? The realization of how much he loves you that you had to stop and just be before him? I'll admit, I, I need to do it more often. But those are so sweet just to be before God. Because, uh, because he, loves, he loves us. He is our God, it says. 
whenever I look back at God's mercy and grace on my life, I'm completely and utterly amazed at where he's taken me, how, what he's brought me through. None of us, no one here, no one ever deserves, has ever deserved God's goodness, but he is a loving father and he's willing to give it. I remember um, when I was dating my wife, uh, Sarah, uh, we were, we were, it was, it, it was a good time of dating. We were both growing immensely in the Lord at the time. And she uh, had a question for me and she was like, why did God make me? And so I, of course, trying to have the answer, being the know-it-all, I was like, oh, well, I can tell you that. In the scripture, it says that God made us for his good pleasure. And, of course, that was not a very helpful answer because it's scriptural, but you need more context and things like that. And I really think that it's such a personal question that she, she was like, well, I don't know what that means. What does it mean, his good pleasure? And so I finally I had to tell her, you know what, you need to pray about this. You need to understand that God made you. He's made all of you. And spend time asking him why. And she came back, I think, I think it was a day later. It might have been the same day. Uh, it's, my memory's a bit fuzzy, but like she came back and she said, because I'm his child. And yeah, that's the truth. God made you. He's, you're his child. He loves you so much. Uh, so when we talk about praising God, we do it in admiration and we do it in adoration, in love. And in uh, Psalm uh, 95, 7, continuing, it says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massah in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work for 40 years, I loathed that generation, said they are, my, they are a people who go astray in their heart. And they have not known my ways. Therefore, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. I think we in the modern church, modern times, what have you, we tend to look past this aspect of God's nature. But he is dangerous. You have to understand. You've got, we've got a holy, awesome, powerful God. And it's, we tend to gloss over that and say, oh, you know, God is all love. But God is all justice, too. It's like, uh, it's like that scene in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe where when Lucy asks about Aslan, who's supposed to represent you know, God, uh, Jesus, she says, is, is, is the lion safe? And the answer is no, but he's good, right? So when we talk about this awesome and amazing God, as our loving God and creator, we forget that he's holy and righteous. Like children often testing the boundaries with their parents, trying to get away with more we can do the same with our god and the bible warns us that his silence is not acceptance but patience with us his judgment is real and it's it's a for us as his children it's meant to be his correction to us it says do not harden your hearts so out of admiration and adoration we praise him but also out of obedience it says when you hear his voice do not harden your hearts we are called to worship god with our whole lives in obedience to him to listen to his voice and obey, to sacrifice our plans, our ideas, and submit to his will. Obedience is always doing what we isn't always doing what we do want to. It can't be, otherwise it isn't real obedience. It has to be what God wants us to do. In Romans 12:1 it says, I appeal to you, 
Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. A life lived in obedience praises God. So again, we praise God in admiration, adoration, and obedience. And I, I love where it says today in this. It says today. And it's amazing because, remember, this psalm was written years, 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 years ago. It's an ancient psalm. It says today. And that today was true for the Israelites who sang it. They understood that when it referred to, uh, it, that it referred to the coming Messiah because the failure at Meribah, which it talks about, is when um, in the scene, Moses is commanded to speak to the rock and let the water come out because the Israelites were thirsty. And that rock is Jesus. That rock is the Messiah. So today, when they hear the voice, um, they were thinking of their future uh, salvation. And then today, uh, this psalm is actually quoted in Hebrews. And so the today in the in the psalm is was true for the New Testament Christians. Um, in Hebrews 3, it says, these are the words of the Holy Spirit. And it says, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. It was their heart that went astray in that, at Meribah. It's our heart that needs to be right before God. And this today is true for us, today. In John 4, 23, it says uh, that God is looking for true worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Our perfect example of, of all this of praising God in, in, in these three facets is Jesus. Jesus expressed his praise to God in admiration, adoration, and obedience at the cross. If you look at, um, in, in Hebrews, it says, Hebrews 12, it says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. In admiration, Jesus recognized that God was on the throne and in charge of the entire situation. In adoration, Jesus looked to the joy set before him, an eternity spent with God. In obedience, Jesus endured the cross, despising the shame. Through this act of praise, his joy was fulfilled. So as we uh, reach the conclusion here, like which of the three do you guys need help with today? Like, is it admiration? I'd say try to, try to identify the things that are blocking your view of how amazing God is. What's, you know, what's getting in the way there? If, is it adoration? Spend time praying and remembering how much God loves you. Look at your past. I, I guarantee you there's all that. Even Christian or non-Christian, you can look back and you see where God has been there for you. And is it obedience? Seek God's will for your life. Offer him everything that you are. It's worth it. So, and if, um, and I would encourage you guys just to, to ask someone you trust to join in you praying for these things through this week. Uh, you know, somebody that you, you can have some sort of, I don't want to use the word accountability, but just somebody to contact and come, come along with you. Not judge you, but say, okay, let's pray about this. Let's pray how we can, we can, we can honor God, how we can praise God better. So let's, let's pray. Dear Lord, I just want to, we want to praise you fully and completely, Lord. We want to hold nothing back. We, you are an amazing, 
powerful God. You are a just, holy God. You are a loving Father, Lord. And we just want our lives to be continuously praising you, Lord. Thank you for the chance to praise you, Lord. Thank you that it completes our enjoyment, our joy, Lord. And we just want to lift you up and glorify you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.